Peace, love, and blessings, beautiful spirits. Welcome to the first episode of Season 4, Free Thoughts. Today's episode is on self-worth and selling your soul. I am your host, Jorge Quintana, and before I begin, I just want to thank you to all those of you who have supported from the beginning, all those of you who listened through Season 3 and are here with me now. If you're interested in supporting the growth of the podcast, please consider rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts and following the podcast on Instagram at The Spirits and Poetry. I am grateful. I am excited to be back to have a fourth season. When I started the podcast, I never thought that that I would be here. I knew I wanted to continue with this project, but I didn't know what that would entail. And I really wanted to challenge myself uh, to speak from the heart. Normally, I have a script and I'm prepared. I know exactly what I want to discuss and how I want to discuss it. And, and I know it comes out well. It's it's me striving to be professional. But I also wanted to, to, to give myself that challenge of just speaking from the heart, allowing all of this to just come unfiltered because sometimes that's the best way to learn. I firmly believe that within us is all the divine knowledge that we need to continue to go forward through it, not just every single day, but every single moment of our lives. And so, of course, me being me, the only way I can prove that to myself, show that to myself is, is by going in and having this season be one where I, I just speak. And I, ex- I especially felt called for this season where I actually wasn't sure when I would be back. I was working with someone else on, on their podcast and their uh, platform, but it fell apart. And so it's that, that ending that, that prompted me for this new beginning here. And that's actually what motivated the episode, Self-Worth and Selling Your Soul. This, was, um, this ending was very, how do I put this? This was an aggressive ending, for lack of a better words. And this was someone who insulted my self-worth. And at this time, you know, of course, you know, I've forgiven the person, you know, no harm, no foul. You know, things happen and, you know, shit happens. But it got me thinking about self-worth and why I hold to it, why I cling to it, why it is so important to me. What is, what is it that, that's so powerful about knowing the worth of, of, of who you are, knowing the worth of your spirit, knowing the worth of your, of your heart, of your hard work? And I must confess, I've also been going down different conspiracy theory rabbit holes. And my favorite one thus far is a YouTube channel that goes by Conscious X. So big shout out to him because he he talks about something I never heard about before. But he he has different videos where he exposes the fact that a lot of celebrities aren't real people. Yeah, I know. I know. I was just like, what, what, what do you mean? And so he comes from this perspective that celebrities, it's not that there are places that a lot of them don't even exist to begin with. He has videos talking about how Selena is actually Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. He has videos about how Jimi Hendrix is Wiz Khalifa, how Muhammad Ali is, is uh, what's his name? Something Gates. I want to say Bill. Kevin Gates? Is it Kevin Gates? I, I hope I don't get that wrong. Um, th- this is why I have a script, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but he has these different videos. And, and at first, I was like, oh, this is kooky. You know, some of his videos don't really have a lot of evidence. So it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. They're entertaining. But then there are those videos with a lot of evidence, like the fact that Gucci Mane is, is actually being played by Hobson. And if you look at some pictures of of gucci after he got out of prison not only did he lose weight but he has facial hair something that he never had sometimes his his ice cream tattoo his key figure tattoo is missing and if you look at pictures side by side of hobson and gucci main they look identical 
all of this to say, as I was going down that rabbit hole, I started thinking, is this what selling your soul means? Like, like I, I know that people talk about, okay, you get mass riches and wealth, but then you have to go to hell for eternity. But I, I think there's something deeper too than just eternal damnation, as in you go to another plane, another realm of hell, and, and you have to, you're there forever. And it got me thinking about what, what hell is. And I've had episodes in the past where I talk about heaven and hell. I even talk about Faustian Pax, which is the deal with the devil. I think that was the episode, Free Will, Determinism, and Magic from season two. But it got me thinking, well, what's the importance? How does this, how does this signify something deep of the human existence? And how does this translate to the, the, the importance of valuing who we are? So these are all the thoughts that have gone in into this episode that I've been thinking about during the past few nights, just thinking, what do I want to say and why do I want to focus on this and how does this tie in to this last job experience? So let's start with the Faustian bargain, which comes from a German legend based on the historical Johann George Faust. And, and this is from, it's really just a legend. I think it was a book, but I, I couldn't find the book's title when I was doing some pre-episode research. But this uh, Dr. Faust is a very successful man, but he's very bored with life. He, he's someone that, that cares more about hu- the human, the flesh, the, the pleasures than he does about getting to know God or the mysteries of the universe. So because he's very bored, he, he ends up trying to kill himself. And, it, and it's after this experience that he then, he then calls on the devil and, and he wants to make a deal. And he doesn't negotiate with the devil directly. He has a representative, a being who I will not name, by the way, because that name carries a lot of charged energies. Uh, as, as I was going through it, something about it kept calling to me, like it wanted me to say it. And anyway, that, that's story for another time. But he, he goes, he makes the deal, and he essentially, he, what he wants to trade is he, he's willing to trade his soul, right? He's willing to trade his, his time in heaven, so to speak. For unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasures. And so what ends up happening is that that demon stays with him and he's like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll help you get whatever you want. He helps him seduce this beautiful girl. He helps him, you know, about no facts from all these different eras and that, but he makes him very smart, so to speak. And Dr. Foss thrives. He knows everything he wants. He fucks everyone he wants. He, he's really living an earthly life of pleasure until it's time for the devil to collect. And then he's filled with misery as, well, there's different stories or different uh, accounts of how his story ends. The optimistic version is that uh, the young girl he, who he seduces impregnates, she ends up having to kill her baby because it, it's born a monster because she essentially has sex with a demon. The optimistic ending is that he defends her, he does his best for her, and so he, he ends up going to heaven because he was willing to sacrifice himself for her. The other ending is that he believed his crimes were beyond where he could be saved and he was dragged down to hell for all eternity. So if I ask you, what is the Faustian bargain? You might think, okay, it's, it's a deal with a supernatural entity that promises you earthly pleasures and riches in exchange for an eternal damnation in hell. And for a lot of people, this would fit the exact definition of what selling your soul is. However, I think the key part of the Faustian Pact isn't the fact that it's a pact, it's the fact that it is a contract. A contract you have to sign in blood. And if you think about it, at least in the United States, everything is about contracts, mortgages, lawsuits. Everything has to do with you signing your name at the bottom. And now we, we don't sign it in blood, but we sign it in black, blue ink. And, and it's, it's getting to the fact that we're signing these contracts that have 
what we call the, the fine letter print. Did you read the fine print? How many stories, movies, shows play on this trope that a character signs away more that they've bargained for? Maybe they didn't lose their, their soul, so to speak. But how many stories have we heard about artists that, that sign, you know, deals with record labels and those record labels own everything they produce and those artists end up broke? If any of you have ever worked a job where you have to sign an NDA, you literally sign a contract where they limit your speech. You can't talk about this. And if you do, you will face the court of law. In Astro Theologian, uh, Santos Bonacci talks a lot about how the court of law actually is ruled by Saturn. And that's why judges wear black. That's why there's a lot of different procedures uh, that correlate to Saturn and time and this act of judging. But going back to the contracts, when we sign, what is it that we're signing over? And the fact that, for example, a lot of us will sign that contract, that NDA, that that contract with an employer to say well i'm gonna here i'm here to give you my time right going back to saturn i'm giving you my time in exchange for money in exchange for material goods so do you see how this faustian pact applies not just to this whole concept of selling your soul but even in just going to work and the reason i bring this up is as I, i knew that i was no longer working with this individual not it wasn't even just them insulting me it was when they played the shutting me up because they're the boss card right we know i'm the boss so i talk over you As soon as they played that card, I recognized that this relationship was not one I wanted to carry forward. It was one that if I chose to go forward with it, it would be like other boss employee relationships where bosses feel like they have the right to disrespect their employees, treat them like garbage because they're paying them. You can't take days off. You can't call out. There are consequences if you try to exert your free will because you have this job. That's why when people talk about uh, the office jobs, they talk about them with so much hate. There are so many horror stories about bosses who are not empathetic, who are cruel, who are narcissistic, even sadistic in the way they treat their employees. And how many of us stay for the money? How many of us put up with it because, well, we're getting paid and we live in a country where money... Money is of absolute importance. You need it to live. You need it to feed yourself. You need it to feed your family. And that's where we also kind of get into this concept of, of selling out, right? Of, of compromising your morals for material gain. This isn't just celebrities doing it, right? Uh, sex tapes like Kim Kardashian or what, what have you. Because we can judge someone like her and say, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, you know, give my ass up for money. I wouldn't, you know, do any of that to get put on. But if you had that opportunity, if someone offered you a million, two million, a hundred million dollars, but you got to you got to compromise a little bit of your morals, right? How many of us would take it? I'm not saying we would, but how many would consider even just stop for a split second and be like, hmm, that's a hundred million dollars. You know, there's that story of Dave Chappelle passing up on $50 million when he was uh, with Comedy Central, when he was renegotiating his contract, when he was about to get that money. Dave Chappelle's show was so successful, they made $500 million. They said he made too much and they were only going to give him 10%, $50 million. And he passed up. He said, no, I'm not taking that. And, and so what happened to Dave Chappelle, if you're familiar with his story, he goes to Africa, supposedly he's on crack, he's on drugs, and, and he just kind of goes missing. And there's actually an interview where Cat Williams talks about how 
when when Dave Chappelle passed up on that, how he was made to look like a drug addict, how they took this this Muslim man who doesn't even eat pork, this devout man of his family, and they made everyone think he was on crack. He even you said that they decapitated him in front of everyone. And I'm not saying they did, but if you look at Dave Chappelle now and Dave Chappelle back then, there's something different. It's almost like it's not the same person. But I tell this story not to not to rehash a conspiracy theory, but if this deal happened to you where you were entitled to 500 million, but you were only going to be giving given 50, would you take the money or would you leave it? I don't know what I would do given that situation. It's easy to say, oh, I would leave it to hell with them. But again, we live in a country where money is of absolute importance. And while my situation is very different from Dave Chappelle, I, I did not have someone saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to give you your $500 million. But when someone said, hey, they, they, they started treating and talking to me in a very condescending way, I, w- I was not going to continue that relationship because to me, my self-worth is, is more important than just money. Now, so here's the thing we have to balance. On the one hand, we need money. On the other hand, we can't compromise ourselves for it. So when we talk about selling out, I'm not going to say that you're a sellout because you're in a job that, that you hate or in a job that drains you. No, that's not how it is. Life is not black and white like that. And I will never judge you for staying in a situation that's inconvenient because you need the money. At the end of the day, I'm an immigrant. I know that hunger. I know that desperation for, for something, for sustenance. Economic sustenance is of absolute importance to me. Come on, I'm a Capricorn. I'm a man of the earth. I need my earth. I need my material you know, success, my accomplishments. And as I'm growing on social media, because I'm making that effort to grow uh, my social platforms. But as I'm growing my social media, I see a lot of people who are walking that similar line. Because social media shows us that material wealth, that, that material goods can give you popularity. It can give you success. And now that we're heading into an increasingly virtual world, right? Meta, that used to be known as Facebook, and, and their, their, their virtual reality world, the metaverse. That's just, that's just the beginning right now. Yeah, it's all jokes and fun. I, I see the memes on, on Facebook and, and Instagram. I see the, the funny videos of people, you know, who are in the virtual, in the VR world and they, and they hit the wall and it's funny right now. But there's too much money at stake for that world not to happen. Think about this. Sure, right now in this very moment, you're not a millionaire. Maybe you're not conventionally attractive. Maybe you're not tall. Maybe you're not ripped or slim. Maybe you don't have the kind of hair that you want. Maybe you don't have the money for tattoos that you wish you had. But what this virtual world offers people is the potential to have all that they want in this world for possibly a much lesser cost financially. A lesser cost financially, I will say. I want to emphasize that. How many of us have relatives, loved ones that live states, that live countries away, and we we can't see them as much as we want to? This virtual world is offering that potential to be with your loved ones right here, right now, whenever you wish. Right now, there's a lot of talk about NFTs. If you're not familiar with NFTs, it's, it's this concept of, of buying virtual things. It's like, how, how do I put this? Let's say in the virtual world, there's certain places, there's, there's certain art, and you can buy that and own it. Like there's people buy, buying NFTs of, of, of actual physical places. Bitcoin started more than just another way to invest. 
because Bitcoin offered anonymity, right? You can you can buy, you can invest, you can sell with no one ever knowing who you are. And so what I was saying that there's so much money at stake. I mean, also think about the fact that when iPhone came out and we started having app stores and not just app stores, we could just download a game or two. But when you could download entire libraries of games, of utilities, different apps to help with social media, whatever. A lot of companies gained a lot of business, even started like Lyft, DoorDash, Uber Eats. These are companies that did not exist before that app store virtual world. So when I say that there's a lot of money at stake, I mean, there's a lot of companies that are investing in this virtual world because that's a whole new market to tap into. On Snapchat and, and Apple messaging, you have the Bitmojis, right? Your avatars. Now think about it. They're not just going to be selling you, you know, Supreme or Nike real clothing, pants, jeans, shirts, sweaters, they're going to be selling you it virtually. How hard is it to program a t-shirt, you know, in, in a game compared to actually making a, a shirt in real life? That's the world we're potentially heading in, the virtual world. And this is going to mean that your virtual presence is going to be how you're going to be making a living. And now we're not just going to be offered, given that dilemma of, oh, you got to stay in this office to make a living. It's you got to stay in this virtual space to make a living. And I'm going to ask you, is that real? Is that life? And are you willing to accept that as reality if it means you make more money? How much of our physical presence are we willing to give up now to, to be successful, to have income, to have money, to be popular, to be loved and appreciated? But, you know, it's and so this is this is what we're going to come back to over and over. One of the things that really piqued my interest when I was watching Conscious X's videos and not just the whole crazy concept of, of celebrities wearing bodysuits and playing other people. It's when he talks about that these are beings that don't age and so they have to age them artificially. And if you've wondered why Morgan Freeman has looked the same age for the past 30, 40, 50 years. I know there's memes that man's was born old and will always be old. But it got me thinking when he said these things, these beings, he didn't call them human. These beings don't age. And I started thinking about what if I was one of those beings? What if I had to play different celebrities, you know, for my entire life and I never aged, so I never died. And as soon as I played a celebrity that quote unquote died, I would go play another one and another one. And sometimes you might play multiple and how exhausting that must get. Because when you sell your soul, when you make a Faustian bargain, you lose all free will. You are no longer in authority of your life. When you shake your employer's hand and you sign that contract, you were saying that on my free time, you know, however many hours a week you're working, you will be there. You're not going to be spending time with your family. You're not going to be doing things that you enjoy and love. You're going to be there at your job, providing labor for them at a lower cost than what the actual work is valued. Because if you're getting paid $15 an hour, you are producing more than $15 worth of labor in that hour. Otherwise, they would be losing profit and they wouldn't keep you on. And so all of this is going to come back to, are you building your own dreams or are you helping someone else complete and build theirs? And so now I'm going to try to kind of bring it all together, right? This is, this is where the difficulty of me not writing things down, I've kind of been in a lot of different places. But when I talk about self-worth, it's important to know that you matter. I've said this before, I will say this again, you matter. Your work matters, your insight matters. There is no one who thinks, who feels, who experiences and sees the world exactly the way you do. And so that means you have a unique perspective. You have a unique story to tell. You have your own unique way of doing things. So you are valuable. 
in the movie The Matrix, right, when they talk about using humans as, as battery sources, you got to understand that you have your own energy. And in this life, you can either use that energy to sustain and build the work and dreams of other people, or you can use that for yourself. And I'm not saying either is right or wrong. There are certain people that find fulfillment in helping others build their life's work, and that is where they are satisfied, and that's where they are happy. And if that's someone like you, that's completely fine because you are fulfilling as long as you're fulfilled. But however, if you don't know your self-worth and you believe that you are better when you are being used by other people and you are better in the service of others and, and you are willing to stay in jobs and work for people that verbally, physically, sexually abuse you, that how is that any different from hell? How is that any different from a, a damnation? How is that any different from being eternally tortured? Let me ask you this. When you go to work, do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel alive? Do you feel valued? Do you feel respected? Do you feel inspired? If you said no to any of those, it's important to rethink why you are living the way you are living. And if it, it truly is the way you want to continue on with your work, with your life. When we die, we're not going to remember all the hours we worked. We're going to remember the key moments, the key people that we either missed out on or wish we spent more time with or that we're glad we, we spent time on. Every day we have a chance and a choice. We have a chance to do something different. We have a choice to, to work on and focus or, or, or even change the way we want to live our lives. And that is powerful. That is why this, this world, this country, these corporations spend so much money on music and entertainment to keep us distracted. That's why you have apps like TikTok, where you can spend countless hours just scrolling down. That's why it's called TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Because next thing you know, you look up and three hours pass by. That's not living. And I'm, I'm not going to judge you for it. I do the same thing myself. It's, it's so entertaining going down YouTube or Facebook, you know, videos and seeing all these people living, doing their own thing. Yeah, obviously, you catch all the cringy scripted videos and those suck. But you see how much time we spend in the virtual world? You see how much time we spent not present with ourselves? And so when I talk about selling our souls, well, I'm not going to go into details. If you're actually interested in the process of selling your soul, it's not very hard to find content online. But the key lesson to take away from all of this is gratification, instant gratification versus delayed gratification, having things now versus having everything later. If you're willing to sacrifice your future for present pleasure, for pleasure you can have right now, ultimately you will end up incredibly dissatisfied in life. But if you are willing to sacrifice to work, to hold off on those pleasures and, and remain disciplined and patient and trusting that your work will matter, your work will make a difference. You will have a life that you will be satisfied with. And, and that's my ultimate takeaway from this, this whole talk of self-worth and, and selling your soul. It's going to be being patient with our growth, being patient with our progress, allowing ourselves to grow a little bit at a time. And yes, progress is not linear. Sometimes we're going to take months, years, decades to, to grow a little bit. But it's not about where we've been. And, it, um, and there's some people that say it's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going. I'm going to say it's not about where you've been. It's not about where you're going. It's where you are right now because this is the most important moment of your life. And you get an important moment of your life every single second of every single day. Every moment is important. Every moment matters because every single moment from here on out can change your life forever. And the day that you discover that is a day that everything, everything around you will take a different shape. 
Thank you for tuning in. And I hope this episode, this first episode of season four was able to provide you with some content that you can sit with and, and grow from. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on wherever you get your podcast. Rate and review if you can, please. And also follow on Instagram at The Spirits and Poetry. Much love, y'all. We got another episode in two weeks, so stay tuned for that. Till next time.